Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features. Get your free mind snack now. Today we'll unlock the book Procrastination, Why You Do It, What to Do About It Now. At the start of a new year, you make resolutions, setting goals for the coming months, losing 20 pounds, finding a higher paid job, reading 20 books, traveling to new cities, and so on. Now, most of the year has slipped past, and you find you haven't even completed half of your aims. Some you didn't even start. Another year, you procrastinated again. Procrastination is often frustrating and disempowering. Most people have these issues, putting things off to another day. The authors of this book are no exception. One of the authors Lenora Ewan purchased a tape deck. Then her friend said she could get a better quality model for less money. So Lenora bought the other tape deck. Lenora planned to return the original one but she delayed, 7 days passed, then 14 days, 1 month, 2 months, 3 months, 6 months later she finally went back to the original store to return the tape deck. The other author Jane Borka remembers the day of celebration when she finally finished the book Procrastination. Ironically, on that same day, she received two reminders. The first was for unpaid parking fines, and the second informed her that her car was long overdue for its annual inspection. You see, even admirable people procrastinate. So why do people procrastinate? What is its root cause? After considering various possible origins, the book concludes that it's not a time management problem nor a moral failing, but a complex psychological issue. Besides explaining the reasons behind procrastination, the authors also suggest a few strategies to regulate your inclinations and overcome your tendency to procrastinate. Authors Jane Borka and Lenora Ewan are both psychology PhDs and senior counselors at the University of California. In 1979 at UC Berkeley, they initiated group therapy courses for students with procrastination issues. They appeared on many TV shows such as The Oprah Winfrey Show and 2020 and were interviewed by newspapers and magazines, including The New York Times, USA Today, Los Angeles Times, The People, and Contemporary Psychology. For many years the pair have staged psychology workshops, lectured at American universities, and spoken to corporations and other public groups. Now, we'll describe the book in three parts. Part 1, The Reasons for Procrastination. Part 2, Combating Your Procrastination. Part 3, Taking Action. First, let's look at why people procrastinate. David was a top-ranking student in university. After graduation, he triumphed against fierce competition to win a position with a large law firm. He dreamt of becoming a partner one day. Although David applied himself to the job, he started putting off certain non-urgent but important tasks, such as background checks, client interviews, and producing case summaries. Why? For David, it was precisely because his desire to be a good lawyer was too strong. When he couldn't do things perfectly, he would instead not do them at all. So, if he had a tight schedule, needing to finish work at the last minute, and the results would not be satisfactory, he would simply make an excuse that he didn't have enough time. 
In the bookie of The Pursuit of Perfect, we noted that perfectionism is the greatest enemy of happiness. Sometimes, as in David's case perfectionism also becomes a key motivation for procrastinating. You might be wondering how can a perfectionist be someone always finishing tasks in a hurry at the last minute? How can a perfectionist sometimes fail to complete an important job? Psychologists believe that there are two types of perfectionists, one adaptive and the other maladaptive. Both have high standards. Adaptive perfectionists believe that their performance can meet their expectations. Maladaptive perfectionists doubt they will ever reach those standards. There is a discrepancy between their standards and the way they view their performance. Maladaptive perfectionists are thus prone to self-blame, depression, and procrastination. Just like David discussed earlier who abandoned activities he could not perfect, maladaptive perfectionists cannot tolerate mediocrity. They think that they should be excellent at everything even without full commitment. They want to do everything themselves and refuse to ask for help from others. One of their most common beliefs is that every problem has a correct and perfect solution. If they can't identify it, they refuse to settle for anything else. They believe that any failure in competition or an incomplete project will make them appear useless. Because of these misgivings, they keep procrastinating. Psychologist Carol Dweck found that people usually react in one of two ways when they face failure. One reaction is described as the fixed mindset, and the other is called the growth mindset. Fixed mindset people believe that intelligence and talent are inherent and fixed. To be successful means to exhibit one's abilities, while mistakes are evidence of weakness and an inherent lack of intelligence. So, they dread failure. People that fear failure tend to procrastinate, so do those that fear success. Everyone gauges their success in different ways. Some seek social status and wealth, while others want a happy family. Psychology researcher Clary Lay defines success as the timely pursuit of intentions. In other words, achieving their ambitions gives individuals a sense of accomplishment. Since the procrastinators falter in pursuing their goals in a timely manner, they always feel disappointed and defeated. For procrastinators, even when they complete the task at the last minute, they still don't experience the joy of accomplishment. In their minds, a rushed success is not true success. On the surface, they might seem to be perfectionists that are too hard on themselves, but what they are really doing is intentionally procrastinating, sabotaging their own success because they're fearful it. You may find it strange. Why would someone fear success? According to the book, if you deliberately slow down work that's going well, feel anxious when getting recognition, don't desire promotion at work, feel embarrassed by compliments, mess up following an achievement, or worry about alienating the members of your family if your accomplishments are more outstanding than theirs, then you are fearing success. The authors found that while success makes people happy, at the same time, it brings unpleasant feelings. These negative feelings cause procrastination. For example, your success might hurt others, making them feel jealous and aggressive towards us. Avoiding success can be self-punishment, holding your life back, not to appear to be living a more exceptional life than others. Or success might set higher standards and force you to work harder to meet them. 
Some feel anxious that work will overwhelm them with continuously raised expectations. Sean is typical. He is afraid of success, worrying that achievement might bring with it an intensely stressful life. He is a creative architect who dreams about having his own practice. However, in his work, he often delays turning his design ideas into architectural plans. Thus, he fails to keep up with the schedule. The truth is deep down, Sean doesn't want his own company. He has convinced himself without awareness that if he did, people's expectations would be oppressive. They would always expect him to come up with new creative designs and pay too much attention to whether his business is doing well or not. In order to meet their expectations, he would have to work nonstop and would not have the leisure time to enjoy his life. That's why he subconsciously avoids success through procrastination. Whether it is fear of failure or fear of success, the root is the fear of losing control. People want to maintain control of their lives. When they sense that they might lose control, they procrastinate. All of us like to feel that our lives are under control, but there are inevitably many rules that all in societies, communities, or organizations are obliged to follow. For people who are reluctant to defer to the demands of others, their strategy to regain control may be to procrastinate. Think about it, do you often procrastinate when you are faced with rules? Have you deliberately failed to call back at the time requested? Did you pay the electricity bill at the last moment just before the power was due to be cut off? Are you indignant over late fees for credit card payments? Now think again. Did your procrastination cause inconvenience to others? Do you annoy and frustrate them so that eventually they give up imposing on you and trying to influence you, so that you get on with things the way you want in your own time? Suppose you procrastinate when you should obey rules, and it drives others to stop asking anything from you. In this case you are using procrastination as a way to shore up your independence. Of course, much of the time, you may be unaware of what you are doing. Using procrastination to gain a sense of control can be almost like a reflex. People procrastinate to protest against the imposition of rules, to resist being dominated by others, fighting back against other people's wishes. It keeps others at bay and prevents them from encroaching on their autonomy and privacy. The rules that people resist can be the mandates of external authorities. They can also come from our seniors, or we can even set them ourselves. An example in the book is that Alice's mom always told her to write a thank you note after receiving a gift, and she was always unwilling to do it. Now, even though her mother is not by her side all the time, Alice still feels the urge to be freed from the rule. That's why she will continually delay writing thank you notes, it gives her a sense of freedom. Why do some people kick so hard against rules? Because they treasure independence. It is how they evaluate self-worth. The more they resist anything that constrains their independence, the more self-worth they feel. To them, to procrastinate is to have the final say. While the types of people previously mentioned are compelled by the need to be the victors in a battle for control, others want to defend their personal psychological comfort zone. These people require a defined space. They experience discomfort when they feel either neglected or oppressed. They procrastinate out of fear of both intimacy and separation. People who fear separation are over-dependent on others. 
they can't complete tasks without the support of others. External guidance gives them a feeling of security. They long for someone to alleviate their troubles. Procrastination is their means to strengthen connections with others and escape loneliness. They try to reinvigorate previous social contacts by procrastinating. In such a case, they cherish the deferred task as if it were a human companion who will stay by their side. In this case, procrastination is like a friend and an accomplice who will not abandon them while the work is ongoing. Guy is a good example. When Guy was in middle school, her parents insisted she focus exclusively on her studies. However, when she went to college, she suddenly found she had to do most things independently. It made her feel isolated and helpless, and she started procrastinating. In contrast to Guy, Wally's procrastination is out of fear of intimacy. Wally is a mechanic. Although he knows it's not a suitable job for his skills and temperament, he delays going on a job hunt. It is because Wally doesn't want an employment where he will have to deal with people. He fears that new human contacts will gradually encroach on his life. At least all his current work colleagues know he likes his own space, and they keep their distance from him. People who fear intimacy feel that being too close to others will disrupt their lives. They even have a phobia that intimacy in the workplace will dilute their achievements, so they won't get the recognition they deserve. They've witnessed enough strife brought about by interpersonal relationships that went too far. They worry that they too might reveal a dark side of their personality in an intimate relationship. They still crave intimacy, but at the same time are afraid of a loss of integrity. Procrastination is a defense mechanism to avoid getting too close to others. We have come to the end of the first part of this book. We have known how the pursuit of perfection, fear of success, the battle for control as well as the fear of both intimacy and separation can all cause procrastination. Now let's get ready to consider how to deal with procrastination. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.